Welcome to the Indie Comics section. Join us as we take you through the pages of some of the best stories and art that's available in the comic book industry. From trivia to book discussions and to interviews, this is Indie Comics. Hi everybody and welcome to Indie Comics. This is Maddie. And this is Jeff. And this is Tyler. And we have our very special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? I'm JT Cruel. How you doing? Woohoo! Doing JT. well, JT. How are you doing? How's your journey? Oh, I, I see what you did oh. there, Tyler. Very good. Wow, we're getting nice segue. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> and this is coming from one who's terrible at segues. I am, I am, I am very known to be horrible. We have to segue. compliment him when he gets a good one. That was actually pretty good. Since I we're applaud. talking about segues, <laughs> journey almost not quite as good. You tried to do no, 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 dude. You tried to do Inception with that, and it just doesn't work here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so t- we, we have chosen Journey from Aspen Comics. And uh, JT, yeah. what is Journey? Journey is an epic fantasy adventure in the vein of, I guess, Conan the Barbarian uh, about a warrior named Ara who discovers that she's half human and half genie, essentially. And she goes on an epic quest to find her mother who's been kidnapped by an, uh, a sorcerer. It kind of spilled out of my love of fantasy and Tolkien and anything Frank Frazetta ever drew. Ever drew. Um, and <laughs> so it's my kind of my love, my love letter to that. So I kind of <laughs> delved into all that to kind of tell this tale. That's perfect. Why, why genie in particular? Uh, I like, I, I'm a huge fan of mythology in general. And I felt that it was an interesting world to explore. And I wanted to play up the notion of what we think. I mean, as growing up, what I, you know, the stories I heard of genies, which is the notion of like, oh, you have these three wishes and, and the genie is like kind of the slave. And so I wanted to kind of play that up about not so much that the genie can fulfill wishes, but the genie has certain abilities that can that can fulfill someone's desires. And this notion of they're almost these like celestial beings from another realm. Yeah. And when they get banished from that for violating the laws of that realm, they get imprisoned in these vessels and sent down to this other world and become essentially servants for whatever master possesses their vessel. So I like that dynamic. And with Ara, the main character, I really wanted to uh, kind of dig into almost like a Wonder Woman type of character, somebody who's in a world that's harsh and brutal but yet faces it with strength and courage and, and most importantly, compassion. So that was kind of the, the driving force behind it. That's cool. That's absolutely wonderful. Um, now, one particular thing that you spoke to me, you're speaking my language when you, when you mentioned uh, Frazetta right there with regard to like art styles and everything. Was that like a shoe-in then when you were having uh, Paolo uh, Pantelena do a lot of the artwork, especially some of the covers with that? Did he really have the vision that you wanted for, for Journey then with regard to your book? <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. The The image that the first image that uh, Apollo did was actually the image that ended up being the cover for issue number one. So that was like his first test design for the character and that kind of side pose kind of thing. And it uh, it absolutely just worked perfectly. Um, and he's great at uh, drawing different worlds and different creatures in his design. He's got a really good design flair to him. Yeah. And we've tried to carry that on in all the volumes, but, uh, but definitely, I mean, that the, as I tell any artist coming on, uh, especially with, uh, V Ken Marin in volume two, that 
the locales almost become in the world becomes a character unto itself in the book and needs to kind of have a big presence to it almost in the way. And it's not the same type of story, but almost in the way of like a, a James Bond film, you know, oh. it's all about the lo- the exotic yeah. locales he goes yeah. to in the, whether he's in the snow or in the tropics or in the mountains yeah. or in the desert, like there's the, 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 the landscape becomes uh, such a powerful component of it. And, Going even further, the whole story is about Ara venturing off into uncharted territory, uh, and so she's discovering the world anew herself. So does she have to abide by the like the rules of the genie that we kind of all come to know? I guess mostly from like Aladdin. I guess is like the <laughs> more popular one. No, she actually is kind of an anomaly because she's half. She's half. We call him. We don't call him genie. We call him Jin. But half. I, I use genie and discussing it because people just get that more uh more clearly (laughs) uh so she her mother's a genie but her father is like a normal human of this realm so she kind of has a lot of the power that the genie can possess but she doesn't have uh the drawbacks to it so she's not bound by a vessel uh herself so she's kind of kind of unique in this realm that way absolutely that's pretty cool actually (laughs) <laughs> and purple instead of blue. That's you know that's why she's purple instead of blue is because she's slightly different from the from the regular genie in the, in the book. Yeah. Now with her being um, unbound by that, I love how it's kind of like the hero's journey that she goes on through. Oh, see, I already mentioned it. Journey right there once again, actually. <laughs> but uh, womp womp. suffice it. We're to gonna say, write a whole long article to go with this, and every time we're gonna use the word journey, journey like a normal word, but we're gonna spell it <laughs> this way. The funny thing is I'm terrible at titles and Frank at Aspen will be the first to tell you that whenever we have a new book idea or I have a new book idea talking about like I'm the worst and Journey <laughs> took forever in a day to come up with. And it actually – I don't even know how I came up with it. I think I was doodling with the word Journey or doodling with like this Arabic kind of flared like rune symbols just kind of trying to do some different – and the – the J and the I and the R came up, and then I started, and I spelled out journey like it's spelled in the book, J-R-N-M-I, and I just kept writing it over and over and over again, and it just kind of stuck with me, and, and it's my, my one shining example of a title that I actually like that I yeah. came up with. It's a great one, and I love the fact that it's like, yeah, like it's not even spelled like, you know, like our world, yeah. Exactly. It, does it come into play in the book then? Did you... It looks like you kind of came up to, with it organically. Did you incorporate it then, or does it just kind of have? Not the word. Not the word. No. It's just. It's just a play on the word, and and I want it to be. It gives it. I think it gives it kind of that fantastical kind of yeah. vibe to it, an yeah. otherworldly vibe to it. Foreign. So I, and, I, and yeah, and the notion <laughs> of the journey. It you know it's you know that 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 old kind of uh, uh, mantra that you know the the journey is the destination, and that's and that's kind of. A theme that ties out through the book is it's 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 about her trying to find her mother, but it's really about how she finds herself and defines herself based on how she responds and reacts and the action she takes in this world as she encounters different things. Absolutely. What made you want to tell that discovery journey of figuring out who you are? And I mean, even finding her mother seems like it's really just a way for her to discover who she is in the genie parts of her. Um, what what made you want to tell that particular story? Um, I think part of it goes back to the fact that I have two girls, I have two daughters. And when I started working on the book, I, again, kind of that 
I wanted to make a Wonder Woman for them. That was mine, that I could tell the stories I wanted yeah. to tell. And, and, and I mean, obviously, if you read the book, I mean, there's there's you can see like the inspiration that Wonder Woman provides to it. That sense of a strong, independent female character, again, who faces great adversity and faces great challenges, but does so with 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 compassion. And she's brutal when she needs to be. And there's definitely violence yeah. in the book. And it's definitely a harsh world. And she, you know, there's a line and I don't even remember which issue it was in. But there's a line where she talks about how she takes no pleasure in killing, but with certain people, it, it is easier, you know, because like, <laughs> so like if that. the people are really bad that, you know, that she doesn't take pleasure. in, But it, it, it can be easier sometimes if she's dealing with somebody very, you know, truly awful. Absolutely. Uh, so so that's kind of where, you know, that's where it all comes from, at least in the 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 in the initial kind of uh, the inspiration for it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. What were some of the challenges that you came across while you were writing it? Like, was there anything that kind of surprised you as you were going through it or anything that you had to work through? Um, I think I love world building. It's <laughs> the most complex part of doing a book, but also for me, the most interesting. I think it's because I like mythology and I've read all yeah. Greek and Roman and Chinese and Celtic. And like, I, you know, I, 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 I went through that period of my life where anytime I saw a mythology book, no matter what culture it was from, you know, I read it and I read Joseph Campbell, The Hero with a Thousand Faces, and his, uh, yeah, and his power of myth and all that. And so this notion that the, you have these universal stories that, that kind of define humanity. So using that, I guess the biggest challenge is just making sure that I'm coming up with something that, that A, works and, 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 and is functional, but also is interesting and, 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 and trying to figure out who the the gin, the genie really were and that whole dynamic of being, uh, being banished from their realm. Cause it's, yeah. it's a celestial realm. So they're, yeah. they're not angels, but they're, it's almost like if you took, if you, if you told someone, like if someone had the Bible today and they read it and they read the stories and then we went back and we found out that all those stories were true, but it was based on these slightly different versions. So like, what are angels in a Bible are really these celestial beings and it's not really heaven. It's this other realm or world and, you know, and everything kind of plays out, but it does so in a way that that works in the fact of how they were telling the story that was somewhat fictional to what is the real true story of what the background is. So that's always the challenge for me is making it as real as I yeah. can and make as, 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 as grounded in reality as I can make it while also still being a really just a great fantasy. It's a very long way to answer your question <laughs> or, or not even answer it altogether. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> no, it absolutely was. Was there anything that you wanted to include that you didn't for whatever reason, like it didn't fit in the story or the world or, but it was like a really cool idea. <laughs> um, it's actually not, not, a, it's, it's an idea that I actually changed up is that what I wanted to do and it, I did it more. The second volume really does this. The thing I loved about Conan stories and going back to that is they didn't really have a through line. It was just there were these great stories of, of him uh, confronted by and confronting different aspects of this world and different challenges and obstacles and threats and monsters and, and, and whatnot. And, and in the second volume, I tried to do that where each issues its own story with a beginning, middle and an end. But there's an over there's a overlying art to it where they connect. But I wanted each issue to stand alone. And while it worked to a certain extent, I found that in the comic book world and the comic book marketplace, it's not always good to do that because it gives the book a sense of having finality at the end of every issue, which yeah. 
trying to get sales and trying to get people to jump on for the next one is is tricky. You know, yeah. it's, it's tricky yeah. to do that. And I think that in the first volume I didn't do that. And in this volume is a very big story where it, where we're dealing with the overlying adventure of her finding her mother uh, and confronting uh, Torenthal, the sorcerer who kidnapped her. Uh, we really are kind of putting everything in it, and, and it's really a, 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 an epic story that really goes right into the narrative of what the overlying uh, theme of the book is and the arc of the book, the story itself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeff, you had a question? Well, I had a, well, a couple questions, actually. One kind of moves back to what y you were talking about a minute ago with the whole story about what you think you know. Is it safe to say, then, Journey uh, is probably like a reinterpretation of a lot of like the uh, popular t uh, tropes of uh, mythology and uh, fantasy that you've come to enjoy throughout the years? Do you think it's kind of a re or more of a reimagination, would you call it? Um, it's, you know, I, 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 it's funny. We did, uh, in the first volume, we have a character that she runs into in this town and we kind of made him a little like Aladdin. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he even, he even has a little bit of a hat, like Aladdin, <laughs> the Aladdin character has. Actually, oh, a tiny the more, little yeah, fez. The hat, like, <laughs> Yeah, like a little tiny little fez hat. Not exactly, but a little bit. And we 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 kind of played on that for it, and it was just a, a a beat, a story beat in that one issue, or actually two issues. And although I liked it, I thought it was kind of cute. Like I tried to actually steer away from that. So uh -huh. what I actually is yeah. it was more about it was more about using the genie myth and like i went back and i read like you know a thousand and one nights and and kind of uh -huh. drew from that a little bit but but it's more about using that as a is a catalyst as opposed to say you know these stories where like once upon a time or or sure, fables yeah. where they take they're really grounded in the in the nuance and the minutia of the fairy tale where they're trying to you know this is our alice in wonderland this is our queen of hearts and this yeah. is our uh, um you know the cheshire cat like it's not like that it's more about i just use the the genie myth and with a little bit of an, the Ara the arabian flair if you will is kind of a a jumping off point for it but but everything really spills into that just pure fantasy kind of uh, realm if you will going back to what you were saying about like world building and whatnot um did you like were you going into this knowing this is going to be a, an ongoing series or uh what did you kind of plan for when you first started this with, like with you and frank i guess we're talking about it uh well it's funny you always want to with stuff like this, I mean, you always want to have something that you feel can carry on. Yeah. And, 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 and yet at the same time, like you have to kind of have an idea of where the story's going. And so the, in a way, the third volume is providing kind of that bookend of the story that we're doing right now, but it does leave itself open for more. And readers will see how at the end of this volume, there's a resolution, but also kind of a new, a new uh, turning the corner, if you will, yeah. uh, for new possibilities. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we thought, especially, I think, I think part of it goes back to that second volume, having the, those trying to do those individual stories and trying to make that work and realizing that, that you really, like, you kind of get into this mode where with only 20 pages to tell, telling a, a one and done story uh, it's it's harder to kind of have that impact for the reader and for the character and the character growth for it if you're trying to get a beginning, middle, and end all in those 20 pages. And so learning a lesson from that, if you will, in the third volume, we made it more of that kind of really m steeped in the mythology of the overall story we're trying to do. So, yeah. Absolutely. 
Yeah, and we've talked a little bit about how this is something that, you know, has uh, its roots in a lot of different things, but it's also really authentically new and and authentically what it is. What do you think that you're bringing into the indie comics kind of landscape right now? And what do you think the legacy of of Journey is going to be? Um, the easy questions. The, the, easy questions. <laughs> the legacy of Journey. Wow. Um, you know, I, it, it, I mean, as you, we all know, like the, the, the shelf space at the local comic book store gets more and more crowded these days. And I think that if like, there's so much out there, there's so many good books to read and so many good comics to read and so many good TV shows to watch and movies to watch. And there's all this competition for attention. And I guess, you know, at the end of the day, the legacy of Journey for me is just that I hope that whoever manages to find their way to it uh, enjoys the ride and maybe learns something about themselves along the way. You know, I mean, you want it to be something that can entertain, but also something that can, you know, instill in someone a sense of hope or inspiration yeah. or or whatever, you know, a, a sense of adventure, if nothing else. Uh uh, that's a really hard question. I should have gotten that one in like, I should have gotten that one last week when we set this up. No, it's such a good authentic answer. I think it is. It's you, you want to inspire people and you want to give them something that they can relate to and, and take with them. And I think that's really important. And I think for me, that's, that's why I read comics is to identify with, with people and experience something new. And, and that's awesome. Yeah. And of course it should cure hunger and homelessness <laughs> and, <laughs> and world peace and the and the environment. Hey, you know? think so about it this all- way. If you're inspiring someone with your story, they may go on to do any number of things with that inspiration. So yeah. you are quite possibly changing the whole world. You're sending them on their journey. So read journey. Exactly. So that you can then go cure hunger people of the it world. It kind of goes into what I was pretty much at. <laughs> it kind of goes into what I was going to actually ask and everything. So you're almost are you almost tempted to say that by reading this, we will be going on our own journey, journey. As, we, as we read along with journey then <laughs> we love our puns. Exactly. I th- I, yeah. But I think that's, I think that's the, the biggest part of it is that in life we are daily confronted with different things and we have all these different decisions to make and different challenges in our lives. And everything that every decision we make defines who we are as a person. And we kind of become who we are based on what we do and the experiences we have, the people in our lives, the decisions we make. And, you know, that kind of is what the story is about in a way. So, I mean, it's, it is kind of a glib and it's kind of a punny thing, but that's the whole point. The point is the journey of life is what we make of it. And it's, you know, it's not over till it's over and you, you keep moving on. Exactly. See, that's what what happens when you put a good writer on the spot. Though you come up with some real good. That's like some. <laughs> put that in your wait, award you speech having, for wait, the Eisner or something. When are you having a good writer on the show? I want to listen to that one. That'd be good. <laughs> and humble too. Oh dear. Well, and can you tell us a little bit about you know to that point to your background and how did you get into comics? I know you have a, a really long and amazing history with a bunch of different publishers and a bunch of different books, but how did you get your start? Uh, well, first and foremost, I grabbed comics as a little kid and read them voraciously growing up. Um, I had quite the collection. Uh, I actually grew up in a small town in Michigan called Hastings. And while I was in high school, I got, I worked at the local bookstore and actually with the owner's son, we turned half the bookstore into a comic book store. <laughs> so that was, uh, a that, takeover. So, so I, I turned my love of comics into, uh, you know, into a job, which was great. Um, 
I actually sold my first story to Marvel Comics. It was an 11-page story for their anthology book, X-Men Unlimited. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. uh, I did that one. That was my first ever paid writing gig. I, 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 I broke the law, I think, because you're not supposed to Xerox uh, make copies of checks. And I made a, a photocopy of it to keep the check before I cashed it. Uh, it's got <laughs> Spider-Man on it, which is really cool. That's, That's awesome. so cool, man. You still have yeah, it? Yeah, I do. Well, I have the, I have the, the photocopy yeah. of it, yeah. I needed oh, the money, so I, I cashed the check. But. I, I think they do that on purpose. They're just like, maybe they won't cash it. If <laughs> you make it cool, cool enough. It's a, var- it's a variant check, so I definitely won't cash it. You've know, it's a, it's a <laughs> um, got to keep oh this one. So right after that came out, I, got, uh, I, I was able to meet uh, the guys at Aspen. I met uh, Mike and Frank and Peter, and they were looking for someone to help them out with Fathom Dawn of War. And uh, it was great being able to have a Marvel book to show them, to show that I, you know, was a published writer in the comic world. And Marvel is a pretty good name to have on your resume. There are. And uh, so, I, <laughs> yeah. so I helped them with Dawn of War. And then they asked me if I wanted to write the volume two of Fathom. They were relaunching it under the Aspen banner. They had just formed the company. And then the weirdest thing happened was I started writing that. And then they asked me to help out with Soulfire. And I was like, of course. And then they wanted to do these ancillary like complimentary miniseries to have more stuff coming out and so we started dying of the light for soul fire and and canon hawk for uh fathom and so i went in it was like november or it was like it was november of the year of of whatever that year was i sold the first marvel store and that was a one eleven page story by the following september i was writing four monthly books for aspen wow wow so it yeah it just it exploded. They, you know, they they really gave me a home and gave me a place to really work on my craft and and express myself and 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 just be able to have a, a platform to do work, and and everything else came from that. You know, through them and 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 through conventions and everything. I met, you know, I met, uh, you know, Nick Berucci and the guys at Dynamite yeah. and, and Dynamic. I did stuff for them. I did Highlander and I did uh, I did a Red Sonja uh, issue, which was great. Uh, Battlestar Galactica. Uh, but then I got in with DC and uh, uh, Jeff Johns, who actually we went to college together, so I've known him for a long, long time. And uh, isn't was that able like crazy do... when it's a small world like that? And you're like, oh, you know, my buddy from college who's yeah. now running <laughs> yeah. DC Comics, like whatever. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, it is, it is weird. Yeah, I mean, he's had a, a, obviously a, an unbelievable career there, and it's you know, kudos for him. So it's been a, it's been a good ride for him, and and so. I just, you know, I uh, the the one that really put me on the map was Blackest Night Titans was the one that really helped oh, me yes, get yes. in. Yeah, that's, that's the one that. that really got. I did a couple of small DC stories before then, but that was the one that really put me on the radar. And from there, I started doing Teen Titans and did Green Arrow and then Captain Adam and yeah. Superman Beyond. And it just kind of, yeah, then that was, you know, that was that was a lot of it. And so, uh, and actually this year I have four four projects at Aspen this year. So it's wow. like actually like a bigger, a big year at Aspen this year for their 15th anniversary. So it's a, uh, so yeah, it's just, you know, you just, you keep rolling with it and keep <laughs> doing stuff. Absolutely. You know? That's awesome. What's your favorite character to write for? The favorite character my own to write for that I created would probably be Ara and journey. Like okay. I just, I'm really, and I partially because I'm writing it right now, but yeah, I'm just really connected with it. I love how the books have come out and, and, you know, working with Paulo and then V. Ken, and we have Michael Santa Maria on this new volume, and he's doing a fantastic job. Um, and and so that's probably that. Uh, other characters, uh, I really love working on Captain Adam with Freddie Williams. Nice. Like it was a re- it was a really fun project, and being able to do something different with the character. I mean, 
Green Arrow is one of my favorites. He was an awesome character to write. Um, I def definitely connected with him in a lot of ways. I love that he's a, as I say, he's really good at being Green Arrow, but he's really awful at being Oliver Queen. Like he's a terror. <laughs> like he's so he's so flawed, and that's what's fun as a writer is writing flawed yeah. characters. And he's just this damaged individual. You know, it's almost like he's got a little bit of James Bond in him where, like, yeah. he gets the job done, but, boy, is he just shitty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, not because he wants to be. He's just, just bad at – he just makes bad decisions in that regard because there's so much other stuff going on. And, yeah. I mean, uh, that's why the uh, the Blackest Night issue I did for Green Arrow was a lot of fun because it was all his, his skeletons coming out of his closet and yeah. he just yeah. ripped him yeah. raw. And, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Absolutely. That's awesome. Do you think that this is the golden age of of ind independent comic books? Um, I you know I there is a lot of good stuff out there, but I, you know what I mean. If you think about like I don't know, do we have our Sandman right now? You know, like I don't, I don't know, know if Saga. we have what one Saga. Yeah, no, that's 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 up there. <laughs> I definitely think it's. I definitely I think it's Journey's an amazing pretty time. Good. Which one? There's this one called Journey. It's it's really yeah. good. You should check it out. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm sorry, I, I couldn't mean, help it. It's like Sandman meets Watchmen. It's just right up there. In oh the, yeah. In the, in the Pantheon. Yeah. Um, no, I I think it's it's an amazing time as a reader that there's so much out there that there's so much available that you can find and there's there's I think there's such a wide variety of readership any more so than ever before. Like you have books for for adults and teens and horror and drama and relationship yeah. stuff, you know, there's all sorts of stuff that, that you, we just wouldn't see before. So in that way, I think it's, it's fantastic from a business end. It's super competitive. It's super crowded and trying to, you know, get eyes on your books and trying to get people, get people in, into the covers to see them. I mean, it's, it's a challenge, you know, yeah. it, it really is, but, but but yeah, I mean, you know, as a reader and as a fan, like going to the comic book store, like if you can't find something you want to read going to the comic book store these days, I don't know what you should, you know, get your pulse taken because I don't, I don't really <laughs> the know. The problem what, is not really the know, comics, it's thinking, you. you know? <laughs> With that said, you were mentioning readership for a minute. Um, now, I know you're obviously real busy, but what are you currently reading right now? You know, I just picked up, I really liked Infidel. I picked up the, I'm behind, I only picked up the first issue of that. Um Gideon Falls really blew me away. Oh, like, I think so I think that uh, 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 they they they're just such an amazing team on that. There's such an amazing team on that book, and I just think it's 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 a quiet book in a way. And I love the way that it's allowed to be that, and it just kind of it creeps up on you, you know. Um, so that's what I'm drawn towards now. I'm trying. I'm not more drawn towards books that are going in these different directions and, and, and doing different things. Um, so that's, I think that was the, the last one. The, the honest truth is right now I'm actually, <laughs> I'm going down memory lane. I'm reading all my old stuff again. Like I'm reading yeah. Captain America when he quit and I'm reading uh, <laughs> right. my X-Men. I'm reading my X-Men. I just read the trial of Magneto and my X-Men yes. run and, and, uh, <laughs> oh, that's uh, so cool. You know, Centurion Armor, Iron Man, because because uh, the movies come out and they give me nostalgic for the stuff that I the stories that I grew up reading, because I think they're so uh, some of the movies are just so great in really kind of capturing what comic books are like in the in the, you know, the grandiose and the heroes and, and the action, and all that, but also just in the soap opera of it all. And I yeah. think that that's that's what I that's what always kept me coming back to comic books when I was a kid. Um, so we asked this question, and uh, it 
we ask everybody this question. What is the... We, we, okay, so well, first off... <laughs> Like, he looked at me like I was going to act. I'm like, this is your question. You've got the intro for it. This question, and we're going to say this every single month, just to blame it on him, was from Joshua Williamson. And we've kind of just kept going with it. And we like, to, context. we like to be very positive, but we like to ask this one question just for fun. What is the worst review you have ever gotten? Oh, that's easy. <laughs> that is the easiest question. Do you think that's a bad, that's a hard question? It's the easiest. My worst review response I got was... Uh, uh, issue three of the rise of Arsenal. Um, oh. Oh. Where oh, Arsenal! It was yeah. the, did anybody remember that? The Arsenal yes, I remember that where, one. Yeah. Okay, so the story is that he loses the miniseries. Story is that Roy loses his daughter and yeah. his arm in the destruction of the city. Yeah, and the story is that his descent into like <laughs> depression in the darkest place, into oblivion, essentially. Yeah, uh, it's a good. It's and good. I guess people wanted it to be an uplifting story, and it wasn't that. Didn't and get there's what they a wanted. scene. There's a scene in it where he thinks he's protecting his daughter in an alley, but what you realize is that he actually just found a, the body of a dead cat, and he's holding it protectively. Oh, no. yeah. And and no disrespect to the artist, who I won't name, but it just did not come across the way. I wanted it to, and there was no chance to change it. And it just came out as looking a little goofy. And I got lambasted. I got lambasted. Sterling actually, Sterling Gates, who I'm friends with, he actually did Bizarro Arsenal in uh, in uh, his Supergirl run. And he has, uh, I think he has dead cats on his utility belt. <laughs> And yeah. and someone so you came, contributed someone to a legacy. As, someone came as that Bizarro Arsenal to a convention, and I have oh a picture God. of me with him. Oh my with gosh! His Ars- Bizarro Arsenal with uh, dead cats on his oh uh, on his utility belt as though they're weapons. Uh, so that was the worst reviewed comic I ever wrote. Oh man! It is gift Easily. that kept giving. Easily. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Alrighty. Well, if it helps at all, I personally really enjoyed that episode, that that, that issue myself. Actually, yeah, I, I, thought, issue. I thought it was great. It's a great issue. Thank you. I, I won, no, it's a I great it, issue. Believe it or not, I won an award for it. For uh, uh, and the only reason I mention this is because we talked about the really crappy review I got on it. But I won an award for the the, the miniseries for accurate portrayal of substance abuse oh, yeah, in, a, in a comic Roy. book. Yes, it was it, it was amazing. Yeah. I remember this. Yeah, cuz Roy went relapsed into heroin addiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it was it was just again, it was, you know, and it's funny because and and I'm going to admit that I remember this is that the first part of the review was talking about how he said something like this isn't the Justice League story I wanted to read. And I'm thinking like, <laughs> well then what are you reading it for? Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe it's not for That's you, like, man. Oh dear. That's like giving. That's like giving. Uh, you know, going to see the post with Meryl Streep and complaining because you wanted to see James Bond and there's not enough action yeah. in it. Like it's just not. It's not the same thing. So. Oh yeah. I don't know what it was, but in the post there was not enough Julia Child in it. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's, the there's a quote from The Big Lebowski where he says, "That's just like your opinion, man." Yeah. And I right, always think right. back to that where I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Yeah, I actually did. I actually did it the, I, when that when those issues came out. I actually did have some uh, a, a, a couple of fathers come up to me and mm. say that they lost a child yeah. and oh, when they were you know that was when they were young and that yeah. it really you know it got to them you know Absolutely. and other ones who just who hadn't and they were just like God it really made me like they were fathers and they had a really tough time reading the issues um, 
especially because there's the first issue had this great double splash or yeah. double spread of like him waking up and realizing it and there's yes. just these great mm-hmm. these great mm-hmm. face shots of all the other characters looking at him uh just like with this just remorseful look as they realize that roy is realizing not only is his arm gone but that his daughter's yes gone. and that was just and I, oh, you know, my yeah. girls, super, then, my girls po- were super little at the there's time. There's a poster it, of it too, right? That's right, because ne- the next thing that happens, he literally grabs a chair and he throws it across the room and he's screaming at the top of his lungs. They're all trying to yep. hold him down. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I loved, I, yeah. I loved, I loved that issue. Well, I, I think, really did. I'll just comment too. Like, I think that's such a good example of like, there's always going to be people who don't want to read whatever yeah. you're writing or don't want to see what you're making or whatever it is. But for those people that you do touch, like think about the profound effect that you can have on people. So yeah. for yeah. all the negativity in the world, there's always going to be someone, if not way more people who are really moved by, by the art that people are creating. There's just sometimes people who just are not smart enough to understand how deep something is. I'm right. <laughs> well, well, also, and not to, get super philosoph- not to get super philosophical, but it's like that kind of Buddhist <laughs> mentality of, yeah. you know, this the whole notion of this too shall pass, which is, yeah. you know, don't let yourself get too beefed up by praise and <laughs> yeah. positive reviews. Yeah. And also don't destroy your soul because someone writes a bad review. Like you kind of take everything yeah. with a grain of salt and, Make it all you know, you do the best you can, you put out what you can and then people respond and you, you know, you move on. I mean, that's, that's, that's not, that's all I can do. So. One well, speaking of, you know, putting new art out into the world, what should we be looking for from you in the near future? That is a segue. Oh, good Lord. Thank you. Tom. Uh, <laughs> all right. So journey number four, I think we've realized journey number four comes out the day that this Today. Show is gonna air. Go so get today, it! What are you we're, waiting for? We're, we're, right we're now. talking. We're talking in the future. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I hope that you're listening to this while you're driving to your local comic book store to pick up. Yeah, you better journey. Pick up journey issue four. Uh, it's actually a really big year for me. Uh, Aspen's 15th anniversary. Uh, not only is journey going on right now, but in July I have two new volumes starting. The seventh volume of Soulfire. I've written it for 15 years. It's the book I've written more than any other. Yep. It's the beginning of a whole new era of Soulfire. Um, it's actually like the beginning of of a three arc uh, uh, storyline. But this this launches in July with the new issue number one. Perfect. It'll premiere in Comic Con. Also, I have a creator book called New Way, which I created with uh, these two producer creators, uh, Dina Wu and Yu Yun Song. Uh, it's a futuristic tale about a mixed martial artist fighter who is about to get cybernetic implants so he can achieve like the the elite arena league of arena fighting in in this world. And he's having doubts about wanting to give up part of his body uh, for this. So it's kind of about how people struggle to kind of maintain their humanity in a world where technology is in everything. Uh, it's beautiful. Alex Conant's doing the art on it. John Starr is doing the colors. Uh, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous book. Um, thrilled with how it's coming together. Uh, it's got action and adventure, but it's also a big character piece. So, which I'm thrilled about. Um, and then Vince Hernandez and I working with this artist, European artist, Marina Morelli, uh, are doing this book called Artifact One, which the Zero Ooh. issue comes out in August. Takes place on an alien world, and there's this is uh, alien girl named Remy, who is kind of a explorer and a discoverer of, of the world. And it's we kind of wanted to tell a, a kind of an adventure story, uh, a little bit of Indiana Jones, maybe a little Tomb Raider, mm-hmm. uh, but on yeah. an alien world. So. She's oh, discovering cool. the history of her world, but the artifacts aren't artifacts that we know, right? So it's like this own – so we're kind of creating it all anew, uh, and there's a really good uh, uh, angle in it. 
And uh, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. I just got the cover. Uh, J.P. Mayer, who did the uh, design, the Stas- Aspen statue that's coming out from Sideshow, he's actually doing covers for us. And he just submitted a cover for it that's oh, actually nice. gorgeous. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. A, lot, a couple a lot things. Yeah. yeah. Kind of yeah, laying back, relaxing things. this year. Just a few. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been amazing to chat with you. No, thanks for having me. This is of fun, course. guys. I appreciate it. Oh, perfect. It. Yeah, we're looking forward to all of your amazing stuff coming out. Yeah. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, amazing listeners, for listening in. Our podcasts are available on iTunes and any other podcast app. And, of course, on our website, thegrandgeekgathering.com. We've got articles, events, and other podcasts available for you to enjoy. You can stay updated from our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and we stream on Twitch. The intro was provided by bensound.com. And you can buy Journey at your local comic book shop and check it out. Volume 4 today. Amazing. Uh, So come and join the gathering. Have a great week and GGG! Thank you so much again. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much, JT. Awesome. Thank Thank you so much.